Hi, everyone. We're doing a series on um, looking to Jesus, but looking to Jesus through the, through the Old Testament. And um, so we've had a bit of a break over the, over the summer, but um, now I'm going to sort of start us back into that. And I actually want to start at the, um, at the beginning, literally at the beginning, which is the, the book of Genesis. So I'm going to do, um, read some verses from Genesis 1. But actually, if you look at Genesis 1 to 11, you've pretty well got a microcosm of the gospel story. You've got, um, you've got this creation, this wonderful creation. You've got the, the marring of it. You've got judgment. You've got um, redemption. You've got the flood. Um, and you've got the start of, a, of God's story about how he's going to reconcile us to him starting with one family at a time. Um, so I'm going to start, though, with... Um, I'm not going to do all of Genesis 1 to 11. You'll be pleased to, to hear. Um, but I'm just going to start with some, some verses out of, um, out of the, the first um, chapter of Genesis. And I've really got one message today, which is... Uh, I'll pad it out a bit, but it's really that, that we've got a God who brings order out of chaos. We've got a God who brings order out of chaos and out of turbulence. And, um, and it's there right at the beginning. And Jesus is there right at the beginning. And we've been singing about Jesus today. And that name which is above every name. Um, and he is the one who will bring, your, bring order out of any chaos or any turbulence there is in our lives. Let's read. You read with me? Um, you can read in your Bibles, on your app, or it will appear magically up here with a bit of luck. I can't, I can't see what's happening behind me, so you just have to trust it's there. Um, and we're going to do um, start with Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. In the beginning. Now, the guy who wrote this wasn't there in the beginning. Right, but it is inspired scripture, and I hope to show you that it's incredibly um, inspired. It says, um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. That will do to start. It's an amazing, amazing um, picture, and, and there's, there's majesty in all of this creation story, but there's also mystery. And don't we love a good mystery? Because mystery is about things that we need to, to discover and find out. But at the beginning, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. Or as the, the Nicene Creed says, it, it created um, uh, the, the maker of heaven and earth and all that is seen and unseen. So God is the God of all that is seen and unseen, of heaven and of earth. And he's involved in both of those. And I just want to say, there's a ton more unseen than we can see. So let's not be duped into um, that all there is is what we can know and understand. That all there is is, 
is what we see and touch before our eyes because there is an amazing unseen world and it's the unseen world that God dwells in but we also see glimpses of him coming into into this world and we see it amazingly in Jesus coming into this world into time and to um, and to be part of the seen as well as being part of the unseen so let's not let's not be duped into thinking this is all there is guys there is more there is more and I just want to say a thing I'm not a scientist and I don't want to talk about when I talk about creation I just want you to to, to understand that I, I'm I don't see particularly an issue with um, with a special theory and it's a theory of evolution and science I don't see any conflict with science generally because God gave us the ability to inquire and to look and to search and to discover. So I'm not going to deal with this, but I'll deal with it quickly now. I, uh, what, I, um, what I think is I find the conclusion sometimes that because we know how things, or we think we know how things are made and how things have grown and how the cosmos is developed, that we think we then make this heroic leap to, well, there's no God. And I find that just a, a, a leap of logic that is way beyond what I could ever, ever think is real. All right? So science does not prove or disprove God. There is no, no relationship. What, what I think is there's a, there's a religious system called um, evolutionology, <laughs> which is like, a, which is like a, a belief that because we know this stuff, then God doesn't exist. And that's not true. Yeah? We, we can know this stuff. And I see no, no problem with, with evolution. All right? There's, there's arguments about it. And I find this, you know, that there's a lot of evidence on the special evolution. That's an evolution species. There's, not, there's less evidence on the general theory of, um, of evolution that we came from mud or whatever. But... But, I, you know, that's not an issue. If your faith is built on whether or not Genesis is a true description of what actually happened, then you're in trouble. That our faith is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to show you that he is there right at the beginning. Our faith is built on what he did and not on what we might or might not know at this particular point in time. Okay? So I'm just going to... That's my science theory done. Yeah, um, I just think it's a illogical sequence to jump to there is no God because we know stuff that's absolute rubbish um, okay so let's get into um, the world is created by God and at, that, at, at the beginning the Holy Spirit is there hovering over this, this, this emptiness. There is over the waters. There's, um, and there's God speaking. And that word is the word of God. That word is Jesus. And if you turn to, there's a scripture for one, for, from John chapter 1, which says that, that that word, that Jesus was there at the beginning. And it says in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word. It says God spoke, okay? God spoke. That word was there, the spoken word of God. And the word was with God, 
and the word was God, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and, as, and the darkness has not overcome it. And that light was there before there was the sun and the moon. And um, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He says in John, John, later on in John, he says, I am the light of the world. And if you go on to, um, to Revelation, he, um, I might have skipped a couple of slides, um, Nick. If you go on to Revelation, it says um, that the, when, when the, the new heaven and the new earth is created, it says it doesn't need a sun. It doesn't need the sun and the moon to give it light because the sun, that's the son of God, gives it light. So he has light in himself and he has life in himself. And this one that we, that we worship, this Jesus, was there at the beginning and he is the one who brings light to us and he brings life to us. And if you want light and life, which I think I do, then let's look to Jesus because he was there at the beginning and he is the, the, the creator and sustainer of all things. All right? So that, you know, he is... He is who he says he is. And that's who our faith's based on, all right? Not for us to be knocked aside by, by sort of what we know or, or don't know. And it says, it says that the earth was formless and it was empty and it was dark. And it was formless and empty and dark. And it was deep and there were waters there. And quite often in, in Old Testament times and in that that sort of neck of the woods, that area of the, of the world, that the idea of sea is something about turbulence and chaos. You get sea monsters coming out and things like that. So, and you remember Jesus, he, he calmed the waves, didn't he? That storm, and I think we had a song about that earlier on. He calmed the storm. And the, the, this, this represents, this picture here, represents the turbulence and chaos that was there, and that was what the real. That was what there was. There were, you know, there were waves. There were water. There was, there was turbulence, and there was, there was chaos, and um, and into this, the the God who is the Triune God, who's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, He brings order, and He does it um, in a in a ordered way. And the whole narrative that you have in Genesis 1, the whole poem in Ger- in, that is Genesis 1, is about how God brings form out of formlessness, how, how he brings order out of chaos, and it is incredibly ordered. So I've got a summary of Genesis 1 for you. You'll be pleased to see here. I'm not going to go through it every day. But there's order around it. And um, I think there's a chart up there, Nick. Is that right? Is that what's behind me? Is that what's behind me? Thank you. Um, and what there is, there's a reflection. So in, so in days one to three, you're getting things separated so that there's an environment in which other th- things later on can grow and develop. There's an order to it. There's a structure to it. There's a pattern to it. And I should say most science is based on there being patterns in creation. So it's really great that there is this order. 
So you get day one, light from dark. Day two, you get the waters and the skies. Day three, you get um, sea and land. And there's this constant repetition of there's, there's evening and there's morning. Day one, day two, day three. There's a, there's a sort of melody. There's a singing going on of, of, of how this thing's going. And then day four, you start to get... Um, what they, there's three stages of what they call rulers. You know, there are people who are, to, the, the, sorry, there are things that rule. The sun and the moon are created to rule over the night and the day and to, to govern those things. That's when time is created, yeah? That there's seasons there brought in and time is, is created. I'll come back to that in a minute. The, they, then day five, there's fish and birds occupy the waters and the sky. And you get, um, in day six, you get animals and you get men and women who are created in order to be stewards of this amazing um, creation. You get increasing complexity in it. You get increasing majesty in it. And then you get these, these people like us who are put on the earth to steward this amazing creation. What a risk. What a risk. It's proven to be, you know, pretty... (laughs) <laughs> high risk you know that's why we should be involved in 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 how this world, you know world is treated how people are treated how how the creation is treated because we are put here as stewards and um, but you see that increasing complexity increasing sort of development of this amazing amazing planet and this amazing amazing universe that we all live in and, and, and we are called to be stewards. We're called to enjoy it. We're called to, to rejoice with God for this amazing thing that we, are, that we are part of. And there's lots of key words here, aren't there? There's, you know, it was, it was good. <laughs> it was good. And, it, and at the end, at day six, it was very, very good. And, um, and you get evening and morning. You get there's the idea that there's fruitfulness and growth. God wants this creation to grow you know so often we're we're you know we're trying to stunt things but this creation is about fruitfulness it's about growth um there's there's blessing going on there's a separation so things are a bit you know be different and and as a people we should be different there's a separation going on and there's rulers but it's rule in the way that god rules that, that he rules with grace and he rules with, with love, as we've been singing about. You know, he, he is, he's a ruler, but he's a, a benevolent ruler. It's about, he's commanding, but he but he's commands with grace. And he provides for his people all he needs. And we're the image bearers. We're made in God's image. I think sometimes we think it's the other way around. But it's not. All right? We are made in God's image. And there's only one person who is the true image of God. All right? we, are, we are sort of copies. We're like copies of the Mona Lisa, but there's only one Mona Lisa, isn't it, in the, in, in the Louvre in Paris that you can see. We are, we are copies. We're, like, we're, you know, we're, we're images, but we're, we're not quite sort of accurate images. We're, we're um, not the full image. We're like you know, photocopies, aren't we, you know, of, of, of the Mona Lisa. Um, but the, the point is that we're, that we're not God. And the, the other point to make is that, um, is that actually this isn't quite the high point of creation. We'll come on to that in a minute. 
But we often think humans are the centre of the universe. And for years, people thought humans were the centre of the universe. And we're quite disappointed when they realised it wasn't. They weren't. But I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. We, we're incredibly important, all right? Incredibly important in the scheme of things. But we're not the, the high point of creation. We'll come to that in a minute. But sometimes we... Um, God turns our turmoil, turns this turmoil into, into order, into something that's, that's useful and, and can be a blessing. And quite often, um, for us, I just want to put some application on this, because sometimes we have um, situations where they seem a bit chaotic, we seem to be in turmoil, and, um, and we need to, the, Jesus to come and, and help us to sort those out. And just as in creation, there might be steps towards that. I think we often expect our turmoil to be like switched off, a bit like a, an, an oven, you know, or a cooker, where you, electric one, uh, a gas one anyway, where you, you turn it off. Or if you've got an induction hob, it's the same thing. So if, if you, um, that you turn it off. But actually, the creation, this, this creation of bringing um, order out of chaos was done through, through steps. It was done through logical steps. And quite often we, we need things sorted out a little bit at a time. Um, Jan and I are, are, are going... <laughs> we're, we're sort of um, going through a period at the minute of where we're, we're, we're actually seeing some counsellors, all right? Because we want our relationship to be excellent and we actually want our lives to be excellent as well and to and to um just you know enjoy those all right so so we we're going to 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 see a counselor and i'll share that with you all right because some others here might you know think where do i turn but the, the point is that those guys who are really helpful to us are giving us short steps to do every step of the way. So we go, we go there every, every couple of weeks and we share with them what, how we are and what we're thinking and what we're, do, you know, what we're doing and how we behave towards each other and how we might behave towards other people. And they give us little things to do each week. So, so this week, right, I'm... I have, I, have, I have a problem in Jan giving me messages of when she wants to do something, right? So we've got this sort of idea that, if, <laughs> that we need little signals between us, little touches between us that say, I, I'm, I think we should do such and such, right? So, so rather than verbally, when you're in a group, you just touch them, okay? So uh, we're trying to work out, and it's hilarious, actually, trying to work out what the best method of telling each other, for example, I'm tired now and I want to go, right? And, and I said to her, stamping on my foot is, <laughs> is not the best way to give me messages about what you want to do, all right? But, so, so we're trying to work that through at the minute, how we, how we sort of 
share things with each other in a, in a sort of non-verbal way. And there's other things, like, you know, the way I, I, I might say something that comes across in the wrong way. Have any of your husbands got these things that you say something and it comes across in the wrong way? So I'm practicing that. But the point is that this, this process of us getting things right, and I'm sharing this just to, you know, just to hopefully help you, is, is a process just as creation, that, that steps from chaos to, to order, was a process. And we really just need to be patient and see it, see it through. And that's why other people are so incredibly helpful to us. And I think we, we just need to listen sometimes. And we need to, to do. So if you get, seek wise, wise advice, but listen to wise advice. Because if you do nothing about it, then nothing changes. And it's really, really important that we, we have each other and that we are able to, to, to sort of take that advice from each other and to, you know, for Jesus to work through each one of us to bless each other. And I just want our, our you know, our chaos situations, our, our disruptive situations, and we all have them, uh, those problems, you know, relationships, illness, whatever, but we just need to work through those and, and to, to seek help and get those things sorted out. Because God is a God of order, but he's a God of process to get to that order and to see it through. Okay? There's lots of other areas, I'm sure. I, just, just finally, the, the, I've not got to day seven yet. And let's read about day seven, shall we? Yeah, it says, um, it says, and, and day seven is in chapter two. Now, it's an error, okay? It's an error. It shouldn't be in chapter two. It should be in chapter one. I mean, I, I don't know who designed this, these verses things, but I'm going to have a word with them one day and say, you, you know, you, you got it wrong because that, those first four verses in chapter two of Genesis should be in chapter 1. Because the high point of creation isn't when God made man. It's when he, he blessed that seventh day. And let's just look at, look at that. It says, this is chapter 2, which should be in chapter 1. Okay, got me? That it said, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he was doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all his work of creating what that, that he had done. That's it. And there is no reference here to there was evening and there was morning the seventh day. There's no, there's no reference. There's, none, there's not that normal refrain. And it's, it's as if this is the day that we're in. Shall I tell you a thing or two about time? Can anyone explain time? Because I'm sure I can't. All right, but God created time. You remember on day four? And there are two, in the New Testament, there are, there are two words for time. One is chronos, from which we get chronology, or chronological, or some, something like that. 
And the other word is kairos. And if any of you were here last night, there was a, we, we heard the group, and they were fantastic, called the Kairos Ensemble. And that word means time as well, or season. The difference is that Kronos is, around, is about the, the quantity of time. So, for example, I got up to catch the 8.15 train, all right? Or, but that Kairos is about the quality of that time. It's about the, um, the impact of that time. It's about the opportunities of that time. It's about the achievements during that time. And it's, about, it's more about seasons. It's not, it's not delineated by, if you like, a, a length, by a, it's three months or whatever. So there's a difference. It's about the quality of what you do with that time. And the, the, the important thing is that what most of the Old Testament and the New Testament talks about in terms of time is that there's our time, which is a chronological time, and there's God's time, which is a kairos time, which is a now time. It's not that it's eternal, it's that there's a different time that God has. Now, I can't explain this stuff, right? but it's a, when we talk about time, we need to see it. It's that seen and unseen We've got a seen time. We're so focused on, I've got to do something. I've got to ca- I'm always, I've got to catch this train. But there's a time that's God's time. And we just need to rest in God's time, in what he has um, for each one of us. Because he has all the time in the world. Because he made it. Yeah? Time's a different, difficult concept. But let's, let's live <laughs> in in God's time. I know we have to get places and there's things to do, but there's a different sort of time that God has and a different view on time that God has for us. And the point is that this day was God's day and this day we're in is God's day because you know, there was no end to this seventh day and this is God's rest day. This is God's Sabbath day. This is God's day for us in looking back and enjoying him and what he's done and enjoying his creation. And him going, this is great, guys. You should see what I did over there. You should see those no, no, antelopes in Kenya. You should, you should see this, guys. You should see this beautiful music that these people can create because I've enabled them to. <laughs> you, you know, we, it's not... When I say Sabbath, it's a Sabbath rest. And there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rhythm, there's a pattern to this world, which is about six days we work. You know, on a day, at least one day a week, we, we rest. But we rest in God. And I am not talking about coming to church. I'm not talking about that, as good as that might be. I'm talking about us resting in God. I'm talking about us enjoying his rest. Because that's what he's created. And that's the high point of creation, is that we are, we are made <coughs> to be his stewards of this, of this amazing creation. But we're also made to enjoy it and to, to rest in his rest, which is in his time, 
which is where we are at the moment. And I just want us to, to be able to move from, from the, 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 you know, the turbulence of our lives, from the rushing around of our lives, to recognise that within that there is a rest that God wants us to enjoy. There is a peace that God wants us to enjoy so that we are one with him in his mission, in his work, in his creation, in what he wants to do. And as I said earlier, that may take processes for us to get through, but we are here to enjoy this amazing, amazing creation, this, this amazing, amazing God. We are to enjoy his salvation. We are to enjoy his, his renewal. We are to enjoy his recreation of us. We are to enjoy the f- looking forward to that time when, in our time, when, when he will make all things new. All right? We are here to enjoy this, this seventh day, this last day, and that's where our peace comes from. That's where our enjoyment comes from, and that's what I'd just love us to do. Okay, so can we, do you want the band to come up again? I think there's, um, as we, I'm the clue what I was saying, but never mind. The, uh, I just feel if there's people here who, who think you know, their lives are a bit out of control, they're a bit like that, that sea. That, when I talked about darkness or formlessness or when I talked about um, uh, you know, empty, you know, some people are running on empty. Um, partly why Jan and I went to counsellors, we were running on empty and we really need somebody to help us to, to go to the garage and top up again. And so when I talked about darkness or emptiness then I'd l- we'd love to pray with you afterwards or during this. Um, if you want to pray, then you can come out here or you can put your hand up and somebody will, one of the team will pray with us, yeah? Um, so, you know, I think that's, if there are things where those words that I said spoke to you and you want to find that peace, you want to find that Sabbath rest that is available to the people of God, then... We'd love to pray with you, all right?